Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Acts chapter 4, we're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 31, read down to the end. Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things which were, that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distri- distribution uh, was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. As we're studying and looking through the book of Acts here, and you see this multitude, it says in verse 32, and the multitude of them that believed, talking about the church as it was just being started, it was uh, the multitude then was a little smaller group than what we have today. Uh, according to the Scripture here, starting in, in uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, it says, And they that gladly received the Word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread and prayer. So here, first message Peter preaches, you see 3,000. Then in Acts 4.4, 4, second message Peter preaches, there's 5,000 added to the church. So you've got a small group. You've got about 8,000 people here. And, and uh, uh, for that being the church, it's small. There's a lot more than that today, by the way. There's a lot more Christians all around the world uh, loving the Lord and, and believing, being believers. It's good to be a part of that number, isn't it? Amen. It's good to be a part of the body of Christ. It's good to be part of those that believe. You say, what do we believe? Well, we believe that Jesus Christ is God. We believe that the, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe in salvation by grace through faith in and through Christ Jesus. We believe that. We believe His Bible. We believe the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And these things that we believe together, it it causes us to be in unity. 
what we have in common and through and by Jesus Christ. You see that here as you read this little passage in there where I said they continued steadfastly in the doctrine, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayers. You can tell that the church was a tight-knit group, right? There was unity there. There was fellowship. It says right in this verse, they were of one heart, right? One soul. There's a... there's so much to be said for unity. Just unity, right? The power and the strength of being united together for a cause. What is our cause, church? Our cause is simple. It is to glorify and honor Jesus Christ. Amen. It is to present the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to the world, and it's to be a blessing to each other as we can edify or build up that's what edify means to build up the church you see here when you're reading this that man their money they said they had all things common they were willing to give people were selling what they had to be able to help those in need listen let me just say this this is not socialism this is not a command this is not what they had to do this is what they wanted to do because it was Christian giving there was people there that, had, listen, that were in deep need. They were being persecuted. And by the way, on Memorial Day, I am thankful. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said as we started. I am thankful for the freedoms that we have. And I'm not ashamed that, we're have, that we have a capitalistic system. And I'm thankful for the blessings that we have. But I don't trust in those things. I trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. I'm thankful for all that we have, but it is God that made us great. It is God that... Look at our money. It says, in God we trust. I heard a speaker this just earlier this week. Someone says, you know, a lot of Christians are bellyaching. You know, they took prayer out of school and they do this and that out of school. He says, yeah, but look at our money. It says, in God we trust. Just show people our money. In God we trust. We should, right? We should trust in God. But these people, they were willing to give each other. They were willing to help each other. Why? Because of their heart. They loved each other. Listen, when you love, as, as the Lord tells us to love, when you love the body of Christ, when you, when the, it's just the love of God in us. It will just change us. That's all, you know, I don't know what else to say about that, but the love of God in us will change us, and then when a brother or sister is in need, my goodness, it's an honor. It's not a command necessarily, it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to say, listen, let me help out. Let me give, right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, and I like this, or of necessity. It's not a command. It's not socialism. It's, it says, but God loveth a cheerful giver. It's a family of God working together, building each other up, helping each other. The love of God in us. Listen, people start letting, letting loose of their cash. My goodness, you know something's different. This God is, the love of God is in your heart for you to be able to do that. That's just a fact. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, As we have therefore opportunity. You know, sometimes we need to change the way we view things as Christians. When someone says, Hey, we need some help for Africa, 
hey, we need some help for the orphanage in India. We need some help for this going out over there, or this going out over here. You know what we should say? Whoa, what an opportunity. Wow. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me an opportunity. He says, we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Isn't unity wonderful? Just when it works, not you know, scared into it, not drilled into it, but just said, listen, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to be in unity because I love you. That's why. Not because somebody made me. Not because we're scared into it. But because we love you. That's why I'm going to put up with you. In other words, <laughs> I'm going to put up with you just because I love you, right? He says in verse 33, he says that there was great power there. There's great power in unity. I mean... There is great power. Small numbers, but unified. There's great power in that. What? The power of God working in us and through us. Is there anything too hard for God, Jeremiah said? The answer to that is what? No, no. There's great grace, he said there in verse 33. There's great grace. It's amazing grace. Why? Because we have an amazing Savior. Right? We have an amazing message. The church has an amazing message. The church, we, us, have an amazing message of Jesus Christ. The freedom from sin. Salvation. Free. The Bible introduces us. You know, we've been studying through John and Acts. And and I was kind of wondering where we was going to go in Acts chapter 4. And I had a direction I was going. And then I read this and it just kind of caught me off guard and went a whole different direction. The Bible in verse 36 introduces us to a person named Joseph. He says in verse 36, And Joseph, who's, uh, who by the apostles was named Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. The Bible introduces us here to a man named Joseph. He's in the church. He's not one of the. You know, he's not one of the apostles. He's not one of the twelve. He's not Peter. He's not Paul, right? But he's definitely an edifier. This Joseph. He's definitely somebody that wants to help, wants to build up, wants to encourage. He's someone that you want to be around. He's a Levite. He's of the priestly tribe of Israel, but he's a servant. He's a servant. It's funny that here in the church, they have a nickname for Joseph. They nicknamed him. They nicknamed him Barnabas. They said that says that in verse thirty-six. And you know what? You know what Barnabas means? The son of consolation. The son of consolation. He is a uh, he is a, a help, a blessing. That consolation. I have the definition here somewhere, and I don't even know where I put it. One that comforts. One that refreshes the spirit. He alleviates misery and distress of mind. Isn't that good to have someone like that around that's just willing to go around and say, let me not add to the burden, but let me alleviate a little bit of your pain. <laughs> right? Let me give you a word of encouragement here. Let me be a little bit of, bring a little hope, a little joy. Right? When you need it. Let me, I know that there's other folks that can discourage, but let me, to the best of my ability, just say something that could encourage you. That's what Barnabas was. 
as you look at the Scripture and begin to look through His life, He is a good person that you may want to pattern your life after as someone that is a minister, someone that ministers to people, an edifier, someone that builds up. I think of Him, I think of Tabitha also in the book of Acts. In, in chapter 9, the Bible talks about her, her death and how that but before she died, she was a woman full of good works and alms deeds that she did to the folks. And when Peter came after she was dead, the Bible says that the widows all stood around weeping and showing Peter all the things that Tabitha had made for them. The garments and the coats and all these sort of things. You know what I'm, I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get to here is there was a wonderful thing going on in the church in the book of Acts but it was made up of people that were willing to be used of God, like Barnabas, like Tabitha. It wasn't just Peter and Paul. It was people like this that said, listen, I want to get involved. I want to get in on this. I, I have a spirit and I have a heart toward God and toward the people and toward His work. And so I want to do something that will make a difference. And so Barnabas here... He gets in. He gets involved. And he makes a difference. By the way, you know, when you decide to be a blessing to help someone, when you decide to be a, a, a care for others, you know, we often are the ones that get help and get the blessing in the process. Would you agree with that? That if we have a heart to help, listen, God will use us to help other people. There's people out there that need help. There's people out there that need encouragement. And if we have a heart for that, the Lord will lead us to those people. Let's look at a little story here about Barnabas in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Stay with me here. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. I'm going to kind of go quick for a second just to get us into context. In verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters of Damascus, to the synagogues that if he should find any of this way. I love that. This is, that's a message. Maybe when we get to Acts chapter 9, we'll, we'll get to this in itself. Would, if, if Saul were to come to our town, would he be able to accuse us of being of this way? Do we live a life that's evident? Could we be prosecuted for being a Christian, in other words? I like this stuff. But he's, 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 he's angry. He's mad. He's, he's a bad guy. Saul is. And verse 3, and he journeyed and came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. Right. And again, there's a whole other message about this, that he's on his way to persecute the church, but God stopped them dead in his tracks. God can stop those people that are against us, that set their mind against us. They have no strength over us. God can just send some light, blind them for three days, put his face in the dirt, and say, Paul, let me get your attention here. Right? God can do anything He wants. But we got this angry, mad guy coming after the church, coming after the Christians. And God, He meets the Lord and He gets converted. You know the story. Verse 13, and Ananias answered, Lord, I... So the Lord tells Ananias. I'm, I, I know I'm going quick, but we're just getting into the context. So the Lord tells Ananias to go help Paul. And he's sitting there blind. He doesn't know what to do. And so He, he says, uh, Ananias said in verse 13, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to the saints of Jerusalem. You know, when God tells you something to do, it really doesn't matter for, for us to tell God what we've heard. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, but Lord, let me tell you about what I've heard about that guy, Saul. 
He's not a good guy, right? We're all scared of him. We're, we don't want, you know, why are you sending me to Saul? Saul's coming to us to destroy us. He's coming to us to hurt us. But Ananias helps him. And then Paul, he, he goes and he preaches in Damascus and he's a little too wound up. He's a little too fiery. He's a little too, uh, 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 he, he didn't have much grace at this point in time in Paul's life. In verse 26, we're getting down to where I want to get. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of them and believed not that he was a disciple. I mean, you can't hardly blame him. Paul comes to church at Jerusalem, and Jerusalem, the, the people of Jerusalem said, we don't want you here, right? Don't come, Paul. You're not a part, Saul. You're not a part of this. Don't come. But, but, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I, I like, I like, as I was going through this, man, I like Barnabas. You know what Barnabas did? He saw someone being shunned by the church. He saw a guy saying, the church was saying, uh uh, no, no, not you. You're just going too far. I mean, let's get real. Paul was a bad guy. I mean, he was like a a terrorist or a gangster coming in. You know, it's kind of like, no, we've got women and children here. No, all right? Sorry, Saul. And Barnabas said, hold on. Why don't we give this Saul a chance? You know, he might turn into something. Barnabas said, you know what, Saul? Hey, 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 come here. I know, I know nobody's comfortable with you right now. Because yeah. of the life that you used to live. Right. And then you had a chance, yeah. and then you kind of blew it at Damascus, you know. But stick with me. Barnabas says, I've got a little bit of testimony here in the church. I've lived the life so far that people can kind of respect me enough. To Paul, Saul, if you'll stick with me, I can take you in. If you'll stay by my side, I can help you out a little bit. Let me... Saul, why don't you ride with me to church this Sunday? I'll pick you up. I'll take you myself. Barnabas says, Saul, let me stick my neck out a little bit. I don't know what you're going to do. Really. Sometimes the ministry, helping folks, all of us know this, that it's a little bit of sticking our neck out for folks. Sometimes they, sometimes we get burnt. But we're really not getting burnt. If we're doing it for the right spirit, Amen. and we're doing it with the right heart, we're really not getting burnt. We're just being Christians. We're just being Christians. And if we show the love of Christ, you can't get burned. He said, let me take you. Stick with me. Later, you know, Saul becomes Paul who writes most of the New Testament, clearly gets most of our New Testament, where we get most of our New Testament doctrine from. But there was a time where he was new to the church. Think about that for a second. There was a time when people were nervous of him, kind of stand backish, not ready to have him. We need, we need Christians like this. 
We need some Barnabases who will look out and do, they don't only come to church and they aren't only about church for themselves, but they're able to spot those people that say, they're new. And they don't seem like they're fitting in real good. Well, let me help. Let me, let, let, let me come sit with me. Let me introduce you to some people. Right? You know, Christian church people can be kind of strange. You've been in church too long, albeit you don't pick it up, but church people can be a little bit strange. And if you haven't been in church very much, you come in, you're like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, right? Yeah. And so you might need a Barnabas to come in and say, they're okay. It's just who they are. They're all right. They're not all you. Let me introduce you to some people. They're really good in the inside, right? Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying here? We need some people like that that just have a heart to say, let's give them a chance. Yeah, they might look mean. They might be hard. There might be issues, but let's give them a chance. Let's help them out a little bit. I'm sure Saul appreciated Barnabas' help. Let's look at another passage of Barnabas. So Barnabas, he was hospitable. He was able to see someone in need and step out and bring them along, help them out. Look at Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Things are going on in the church. It's brand new. It's just starting. God's working. God's moving. In Acts 11 and verse 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. And tidings of these things came to the ear of the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they sent forth who? Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. So the church is growing. There's new things happening. There is The church is expanding. Listen, you know, you know something about a Barnabas? He's not afraid of new things. He's not afraid of the thing when God's doing, when God's working, when God's going a new way, a different direction. Barnabas, is he's the one that's willing to go with what the Lord is doing. And they say, hey, let's, uh, let's send these tidings to Antioch, but let's send Barnabas. Why would they send Barnabas? Because he had a good spirit. Barnabas had a good attitude. Look at what the Bible says in verse 20, 23. Who, Barnabas, when he came had seen the grace of God, was glad. You know, that'll go a long ways when you get to church. Just to be glad. I mean, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? I'm sure that the church at Antioch, people there, when, when Barnabas showed up and he was glad, they were like, wow, we're glad you're glad. Right? We're happy you're happy. This is a blessing. I'm glad to have someone that's glad to be there. Right? He says, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they should what? Cleave unto the Lord. Barnabas, he wasn't all that deep, right? He didn't go go uh, too far with his message. He just, you know what he did? He exhorted them. You know what exhort means? To encourage or urge to do something. You know what he encouraged and urged the Christians to do? To cleave to the Lord. Amen. That's a simple message, isn't it? Cleave to the Lord. It says there, that he, uh, he, 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 the purpose of heart that they cleave to the Lord. You know, Barnabas, he spoke to the people's heart. And when you deal with people's heart, you've got to be careful. When you're dealing with people's heart, you know, you don't want to 
heart surgeon that's not careful. <laughs> Same is true spiritually. When you're dealing with people's hearts, you want someone like Barnabas that's a little bit tactful, a little bit gentle. And come in alongside and say, listen, church, I'm glad to see what God's doing here. You're doing wonderful. Just hold on. Hang on to the Lord. Hang on to God. It says, for he was a good man, Barnabas, verse 24, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people were added unto the Lord. And look at these verses. Then departed Barnabas. So we got a great thing going on here in Antioch. Wonderful thing going on in Antioch. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek who? Saul. And when he had found him, he had to look for him. Saul was missing. He'd, get, he'd, gone, he'd gone missing. He brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first. Why? Isn't it wonderful to be called a Christian? It is a, you, know where, you know where that came from? Antioch. The people were following Christ. They were excited about what the Lord was doing. And the outside world called them Christians. You know what we're always doing? We're going and telling the world, we're Christians. We're Christians. But you know what? The world should be able to look at us and say, they're Christians. They're Christians. They follow Christ. They take this serious. How do you know? Look at how they love each other. Look at how they love each other. They must be Christians. But anyhow, Paul, Barnabas, I always want to call him Barney, but then, you know, it's, it's, ter- it's terrible to call, you know, it's terrible to have a nickname of a nickname, so you can't do that, right? You say, what, why did he have to go back and get, why did he have to go back and get Saul? See, Saul wasn't doing him so well at this point. Take your Bible. We hadn't heard. We're in, we're in Acts 11. We haven't heard from Saul since Acts 9. Look at this. Go back to Acts 9. See, Saul he got he got converted and he went right to preaching. Right, Damascus. He goes in there and he's fired up. Uh, he is, you know, he's like a whole church. You say, how do you know? Because when they asked Paul, they said, Hey, Paul, how did I go to Damascus? You know what his answer was? Well, they didn't kill me. <laughs> I mean, they tried. Right? He said, how, you know, was it, Were they all clapping when you left? No, 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 no. They had, to, they had to lower me down out of a wall in a basket because they wanted to kill me so bad in the city. I, no, I didn't have the response that Peter did with his first two messages. Paul said, my message didn't go so well the first time. I thought the Lord called me to preach, Paul said. But nobody was really happy about me preaching. And so you know what Paul did? He goes back to Tarsus. Look at this. Verse 30 of chapter 9. That's where Paul was from. That was his hometown. Acts chapter 9 and verse 30. Acts chapter 9 and verse 30. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down, talking about Paul, to Caesarea, and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then, and I, you know, I don't know if this is what 
what Luke, the physician, is trying to say here, the Holy Spirit is trying to say. But this is what it says. It says, then had the church rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and they were edified walking in the fear of the Lord. In other words, when we sent Saul back to Tarsus, then everybody took a deep breath and said, oh, all right, the church had rest, right? And you follow this timeline. This is, Paul's missing for a couple years. He's gone. He preached. It didn't go so well. Barnabas tried to help him. And then Barnabas gets to Antioch. And the church is on fire. And the Christians are doing wonderful. And you know what Barnabas thought? I need to find someone. I'm not just going to leave him out there in Tarsus. This right here would be a blessing to say. Let me go get Saul. He goes and grabs Saul and brings him back to Antioch. And that's all Saul needed. He stayed there with Barnabas one year, and that was all he needed. You know what some people need? Sometimes we need some Christians that will look back. And again, when you do this, you're dealing with matters of the heart. So you've got to be careful when you go to a, to a believer that maybe has been out for a little while. You've got to be careful because you're dealing with the heart. You've got to be like a surgeon. But you can say, come on back. There's a good thing going on over here. Come on, join us. Come back with us. Come get back in. Come join back in. You never know. That might be all it takes. That was that fire that lit under, lit under Saul who later became Paul. And then he went. And then he preached. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 13, that the church, now, the, now there was in the church, names all those, and, and the church gets together, verse 2, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto I have called them. Listen, God had a great work for Paul. But Paul was a little too zealous at the beginning. You know what he needed? Barnabas. You know, you know what Saul needed in his life? A Barnabas. Would you be a Barnabas for a Saul? That Christian that's, uh, you know, you say, wow, he's just this and that, rough around the edge, too much, too far, too long. Come and show him what it's like to be gracious. Come and show him what it's like to be kind and just show him the joy and the love of the Lord. It might help. He might turn in or she might turn into a Tabitha or, or a Paul. So they go, man. Acts 13, Acts 14, Acts 15. Paul and Barnabas. They're traveling. They're preaching. They're seeing the, the gospel work. They're seeing all kinds of opposition. But they're preaching. They're going. And then look what happens. Paul's growing. Paul's becoming the main speaker, so to speak. Paul, Paul's becoming the, the main uh, missionary and all these sort of things. Acts 15. Yeah. Thank David Spurgeon, who is a you know second sec, second in command of the Outlaws Motorcycle Gang. So rough around the edges, so hardcore. There's a man that came alongside him that shot shot in Vietnam was paralyzed from his waist down this most quiet soft-spoken gracious man come alongside this loud 
talks like a WWF wrestler, <laughs> you know. My kind of sign, just pull up the side and just help. Still to this day, Mike's gone to be with the Lord. Still to this day, David Spurgeon travels everywhere he goes and sees people saved all over the country. Amen. All over the country. And all the time he talks about Mike Hanstein, who would soft-spoken, just preach, just pray with him, help him, be a blessing to him. Listen, this works. This is what happened. This is what happened. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, so they've been preaching, they've been serving, they've been ministering. Acts 15, 36, Paul says to Barnabas, let's go again visit our brother in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. That's good advice, right? Let's go back, all the places we've been, Barnabas, all the places we've preached, all the Christians that we've touched, let's go back and see how they're doing. Let's go back and encourage them. Let's go be a blessing. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. So Barnabas says, yeah, and there's this new guy, there's this other guy we want to take with us. And Barnabas has said, you know, I've helped you, Saul. Now I want to pour into John Mark's life. Look at what happens. And Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So you know what Paul says? Now, John Mark left us with a job to do and wouldn't help. John Mark's a bum, you know. He says, John Mark is no good for us. He's just, uh, you know, wait. No. Paul says, no, I'm not taking John Mark with me. He left me when we needed him, you know. He left us in a good fight and didn't have our back, all that sort of stuff. That's the way Paul thought about it. No, he's a, I'm not taking him. And the contention was so sharp between them that they parted asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren the grace of God and went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. So you know what you know what happens? You see here? Barnabas says, Okay, Saul. Alright, Saul. Okay, Paul. Alright, John Mark, I'll take it. You see here, you know what Barnabas is doing? He's siding with the weaker brother. Why? Because he was worried about his development. Barnabas said, Saul, you're fine. Paul, you're fine now. You're up and running. You're good. You're good to go. You can go that way. I'll, I'll take John Mark. I'll take him. I'll say, John Mark, stick with me. John Mark, come on in with me. Yeah, there's places, John, where you're shunned. You probably couldn't go into one of Paul's services today. <laughs> but you can come to church with me, John Mark. Right? You can come to church with me. You can travel with me. I, I can use you. I can... Get some help. You know what I find interesting? The end of Paul's life. End of Paul's life. Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 11. Paul's writing this letter. He says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. That's chapter 4. He's writing to Timothy. He says, Timothy, there's only one person left with me. Luke, the physician. The blood physician. The guy who wrote Acts. But then he says this, verse 11. Take Mark and bring him with me, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Amen. You know what all this was? This was, this was the Lord working in everybody's heart. But you know who he used? The Lord used Barnabas. You know why? Because Barnabas 
led by example and showed John Mark what it was like to be a real son. He showed John Mark and said, listen, John, watch me. Watch my life. Come with me, and I'll show you how you stay faithful. And then, I believe that God used Barnabas in Paul's life, and Paul thought, wow, he's still working with John Mark. That Barnabas had grace. He probably thought about the times that there were people in the church that wouldn't have anything to do with him. At the end of Paul's life, he says, let's make amends with John Mark. Let's make amends with John Mark. You know who God used to bring those two brothers back together? Barnabas. Could you be that person? You know, there's enough people that talk about each other and run each other down that the church doesn't need one more of those people. The church doesn't need one more. We're Christians. We're in this fight together. We've got a good cause. It's just, we don't need any more of those. But we do need as many John Barnabas as we can get. They'll say, listen, Paul's not all that bad. He's rough around the edges, John Mark. But just watch my life. Come with me. He says to Bart, he says to Saul, John Mark, he's young. He's just learning. May I, he, he left us when it was this or that. But let's, let's have a little grace with John Mark. Remember there was a time Paul where people weren't all that excited about you. In closing, you see the finished product of the church as you read through Acts. But if you zoom in, what made this church so wonderful? It's obviously Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit at work. But when the Holy Spirit works through individuals, you'll have individuals like Barnabas. He was full of the Holy Ghost. These are not big shots. Barnabases are not the big shots. They make small choices, right? They are given opportunities to make a difference in one person or two people at a time's life, and they do it. They help. Barnabas helped the church when it needed him the most. He gave. He said, I have some land here. I'll use it for them. He saw a wild man who was just out of control at some at times in his life, and people were skeptical of him. People didn't want him around, didn't have him. And Barnabas saw something in him. As far as I can tell from reading the Scripture, Barnabas is the single most used person to disciple Paul the Apostle and all the Scripture. Amen. He spent multiple years with him, helping him, bringing him up until he finally went off and served the Lord. He helped John Mark. <coughs> even after John Mark had failed. Even after John Mark was floundering. The message is simple. If we'll keep a right heart, if we'll follow God's leading, as He gives us opportunities, if we have the love of God in our heart, then through our lives, through our individual lives, Jesus Christ can be glorified. Listen, I believe that we can, we can accomplish all three purposes in one just by seeking God. The Lord can be glorified. The body, the church can be helped and built up. And the lost will see that as a light and come to know Christ. And God will use us as individuals. He'll use us if we'll just let Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we take a look at this, a truth from Your Word, God, we pray that You'd fill us with Your Spirit, with Your power, with Your strength. Lord, I pray that You would give us a heart like Barnabas, Lord, to be able to love the church, love believers, no matter if they're wild, if they're if they're floundering, if they're whatever, God, help us just to come alongside and encourage and take time to be a blessing and to sow in people's lives, God, so that ultimately You are glorified in our lives. Please, Lord, I pray that You would stir us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area. God bless you.